Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me at always is my co-host, the Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? It's a good day. I feel like this waiver wire is eh, somewhat interesting. I feel like there's some good pickups. I feel like some guys should be a little bit more owned. And there's a couple other guys in here where I'm not sure why they're owned so much. But perhaps we will chat about that. I kind of agree with you. Like, I, I just feel like, <sighs> are, are people getting more savvy, do you think? Do you think people are getting more savvy? There's, there's not a whole ton of guys under 50% that I'm like, Man, I want that guy in a standard league. And also, like, I don't know. Some of these guys have just really haven't pan, panned out the way I thought they would. Like, I thought Kent Bazemore would get a lot more minutes in in Portland. Now, granted, he's he's still playing 25. I thought he'd play 30-plus. Uh, but at 25 minutes a game, you know, he's looking pretty bad. He's not. He's just not in a rhythm. He's getting a, at least a steal a game, but he's, he's, he has no rhythm. And maybe it's worth saying this. I think a lot of teams are running. I don't know that they're running any deeper rotations because I know a lot of them are still running like 10 players. But, you know, instead of giving, you know, eight, nine, and 10, like eight minutes, we're giving them like in the 20s. And so I think we're seeing a lot of people playing less minutes this season early on than we have in the past. And perhaps that's coaches just trying to tinker with rotations and, you know, see what's going to work. But I feel like a lot of guys aren't playing as many minutes as maybe I thought they would going into the season. Also, too, we just haven't seen that many injuries yet. You know what I mean? So maybe that's part of it, too, is like once you lose a guy, then you're, you know, you're forced to play somebody a little bit more. Maybe that's part of it, too. I'm not sure. Don't say that to our good friends who drafted Steph Curry in the first round. Oh, they don't or... They don't have anybody else to play to begin with. So let's like, eliminate them the Warriors from our conversation, right? I mean, we talked about that in the preseason that they just really didn't have anyone else full stop. I think, um, and I assume we, we talked about it, at least this is how I felt going into the season was that we thought Steph Curry and Draymond could hold court enough to be like a close to 500 team. And then clay comes back and puts them over the edge. And obviously with all that gone, like they're, they're going to be one of the, you know, bottom tier teams in the league, but their over under was very high for wins. And I was like, pound that under, pound that under everybody. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they if they try to make some trades or what they try to do. I mean, they're they're still one of the more interesting teams, even if they're not gonna win games for me, which is crazy to say, but you know, are they gonna trade D'Angelo Russell? Are they gonna try to trade, you know, Draymond or Steph or Clay Thompson like are they going to completely blow this thing up or, or what, what are they, what's their next move? Right. Because you know, they really, with the way it is, they can't really get anybody else. Like they're paying Draymond and stuff and clay and D'Angelo Russell so much that that's basically going to be their four guys next year. And they're going to have to get minimum salaries to put around them. And then, you know, whatever young pieces that they can develop this year. So is that the team that they want to put out next year? Or are they going to try to make moves? That's something to watch too. 
That is going to be very interesting to watch. The NBA can change very, very quickly. And we're still in just like the beginning stages of this season. It's already actually been a really exciting season, I think, so far. On top of that, like there's another phase of this season, which is kind of like those, the middle, like the, the middle of the season is kind of like the dog days of winter, where it's like, all right, everything's kind of panned out. Teams are starting to either break away or fall apart. And then there's the last third of the season where like almost like all these different players come out of the woodwork, all rotations start changing, minutes start changing, and you get a bunch of guys just coming out of nowhere. Uh, but right now, I feel like we're getting some really good play out of, out of some players I never thought I would consider standardly relevant this year. And the first guy I want to talk about is someone who's only owned in 56% of yahoo leagues um as we always do in the waiver wire we look at that yahoo percentage on aaron baines aaron baines has gotten the opportunity to play good solid minutes for the phoenix suns since deandre ayton was suspended for 25 games and he's made himself a very good league player over the last week tyler he's only only 56 percent of leagues in my opinion, what are people waiting for? Nothing, but at the same time, right, you got to look at it this way. Like, there is a shelf life on this pickup. At least it seems that way, right? Like, you know, Aiton comes back in the middle of December, so you've got six weeks, five weeks until he's back, and then, you know, Aaron Baines is going to be useless in years 10 or 12 team league. Now, you should have a spot to pick someone up and, and hold somebody for that long. Like, don't get me wrong. That's definitely something you should have. But if your team's pretty deep already, and, you know, maybe you're in one of those leagues where you can't really move Aiton to any kind of injured reserve or inactive list, and so you're kind of holding him, and you want to hold him, and you want to have one spot to stream, you know what I mean? Like, maybe you're just trying to stream Aaron Baines in on the days he's playing, but you don't super want to hold him because – you don't really have that roster spot, which which is why I, I say this a lot, but I like to have, you know, kind of a few more bench spots than than three if I'm gonna play in a twelve team league because you know, I just feel like whether it's injuries or whatever, like unless there's a couple IR spots, I feel like there should be like four or five bench spots. Um, just because that way you can pick up guys like Aaron Baines who definitely should be owned and, and a couple other guys that are, you know, kind of right in the same range that that we can talk about that all I think should be owned. Yeah, I think this is this is my this sh- my spiel about Aaron Bades right here. He's a short-term uh, uh, roster for sure because of the Aiton situation. I like winning six weeks. I like competing, you know, for the next six weeks. Even if I don't have Aaron Bades, or excuse me, even if I don't have DeAndre Aiton on my team, like you can go get Aaron Bades, and you should have a roster spot even in deep, or excuse me, even in shallow leagues where your team is all like full of pretty really good players. There's definitely a guy at the end of your bench, right? The guy, okay. in, no matter how shallow your league is, there's a guy who's at the end of your bench who is not better than any player on any other team. And if he is, if he is better than every single other team or half the teams, trade him. He's at the end of your bench. Get a better player. Because that means those, those teams need that guy. You should be able to fit Aaron Baines on your team and, and get some good sales. I think he's, he's performing very, very well. And I, I I just don't see why he's not owned in, in majority of leagues. Well, I guess, you know, 56 is majority, but 70, 70 plus leagues. Here's why you should own him if for no other reason. 
I, I want you to just try to guess his basketball reference nickname, Mike. It, it is maybe the best one I've ever heard. The the Red Baron. Angers. Where the red Aaron, the Red Bear Aaron. Oh dude, it's Bangers, which is just a fantastic nickname. I'd want to be called Bangers. That's a good that's a very good name. That's a very good nickname. Well, Bangers, you know what Bangers uh Bangers had tonight? He had himself another real nice night. He's hitting three pointers. He's getting blocks. He's getting rebounds. He's actually getting assists too. Like, like I said, just pick him up. There's got to be a guy at a year end of your bench, even in a shallow league. Here's the the thing I'll I'll caution on. Maybe the three pointers may not be here to stay, especially at the level they're at. He's shooting forty six percent, which he shot thirty four last year, and that was really the first year he'd ever really taken any threes. I can't imagine he's going to shoot 46% and literally like be one of the best three-point shooters in the league. So that might fall off to like, you know, one closer to one a game, I think, you know, going forward just just he starts missing them. But yeah, I'm with you that he should he should 100 he should 100% be owned, you know, for the next 5 weeks until DeAndre Ayton comes back. I mean, he's rebounding, you mentioned it, he's getting like a block a game, he's getting you 3-4 assists a game, he's scoring like 12 to 15 points a game. The percentages have always been good for Baines. Like he's the guy, he's the center who can hit his free throws, and he's going to shoot well from the field. Like I don't see any downside in, in owning Aaron Baines. Like what's and here's the other thing: if he has a crap game, like everybody in this range has has a bad game now and then. So there's no downside. There's just absolute zero downside. Just ride him, ride him out for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the uh, I guess Aiden uh, suspension, here's a, right? Here's a, Here's a question for me, from me, owned in 57% of leagues, fellow big man, Dwight Howard. Would you rather have Baines or Dwight Howard for the rest of the season? Let's, let's say that. Let's say maybe for the rest of the oh, year. Rest of the season, I think you have to go Dwight Howard. Now, I'm in a Roto League. Oh, I'm in a lot of Roto Leagues. How about that? I'm, of course, I'm in a Roto League. But I'm in quite a few Roto Leagues. And Dwight Howard's free throws – Definitely put me right off of the scent of Dwight Howard. And I, let me, I'll let you know this, Tyler. Dwight Howard does not smell great. So here's the, the thing so far about Dwight Howard. And obviously he's a bad free throw shooter. We, we know that. We're not going to debate that topic. Only 1.3 a game, though, so far. That's not bad, but I feel like you can tell, right? You can tell JaVale McGee is out. You can tell JaVale McGee is out, though. You can tell he's out of the rotation. Dwight Howard's going to get more and more playing time, and that means it's going to end up being more and more hack Dwight. Yeah, okay, if they go with that strategy, but I'll say this about Dwight. He's not really shooting that much, and you got to shoot to get fouled in, in some ways. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I'm with you that, that he, he could be a detriment in your Roto League, but my, my, I guess my point is, like, they're basically using him mostly as a defensive option. Like they're not really looking for him on offense. Like if you watch a Lakers game, it's kind of the LeBron and AD show, which it should be, right? Like they let AD do a couple post ups, and LeBron takes one, and AD does a post up or two. You know, Howard is just literally there to put the ball back in the net on a tip in. There's no plays for Dwight Howard. There's no real anything other than they might lob it to Dwight Howard to freaking slam it home if no one guards him on the pick and roll. So, I don't know. I mean, I think Dwight Howard, he's, I don't think he's going to score that much, but I think you could see um block two shots a game and average like eight, nine rebounds. Like, as crazy as that sounds, I think he's going to be 
fairly good for the rest of the season. And and if he starts playing more, right? If he starts getting up, you know, 25, 26, 27 minutes, he's probably going to get you 10 rebounds a game. Well, in the short term, I think I'm still going to go with Aaron Baines simply because I think they play a little bit different, a better style that would lead to consistent um, stats from Aaron Baines. I think Dwight Howard will be up and down throughout the season, but for the whole season, they're going to rely on Dwight Howard, which is really sad and very scary if you're a Lakers fan to rely on Dwight Howard. Tyler, who else do we have here? Do you, do you, who's been uh, somebody you've been picking up this week or in the last few days? Oh, good question. Good question. Good question. Well, okay. Like, so let's just look at this. Let's let's attack this above, you know, 50 to 60 range. I'll name three guys, four guys I think should be owned in a lot more leagues. Dennis Schroeder. I think, I think we've talked about that one to death, but Dennis Schroeder playing pretty darn good. Average 15 points, six rebounds, four assists, 1.3 steals. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why he's not owned. Uh, Torian Prince, another guy averaging 15 and a half points, six rebounds over a steal. 0.7 blocks, 3.3 pointers, 3.3 three pointers a game. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, why is Terry Prince not like 90% owned? I don't, I don't understand that. What happened there? He was also like a, a like a two years ago, kind of like a, a good name. Like people were really interested in him. A kind of a darling there. And the Knicks, I think, have one. They have one here. Marcus Morris. They just seem to be involving him so much. Like he's not even really hitting his shots. And he's still scoring 17 points a game and playing 34 minutes. Like, I just feel like he seems fairly safe. Now the block will eventually erode away, right? He's averaging a block a game. That's not going to stick. But I feel like he's a, a pretty safe standard league guy that should be owning like 70, 75% of leagues. And then Dwight Powell, another guy I've been beating the drum about. I just feel like he's going to be really good and the Mavericks really need him. And so he's just ramping back up from a hamstring injury, but only in 53% of leagues. That one to me should be like 90. Like I, I, I think he's a top hundred player easy this season. Um, if we dip, if we dip below, I actually, hold on. I, there's somebody else in this range that I want to ask you a question about. And I, and I completely agree with your uh, assessment that, you know, Terry and Prince should definitely be, on a ton of teams, um, and then Marcus Morris seems to be the less, the least fizzed of the Fizzdale crew, the least chance to get fizzed on uh, for the New York Knicks. There's a guy I think you mentioned him not that long ago, Tyler Isaiah Thomas. He's back. He's played 24 minutes on Monday. He can get you some scoring. Do you trust? Isaiah Thomas in the, I guess in the next like three weeks, like in the next three weeks, do you think he's worth a flyer just because if you need, if you need points and assists, how about? Oh yeah. I mean, I think we talked about this, you know, all the way back. And I think you may have even made fun of me a little bit for this one. I said, you know, the wizards need somebody to score a little bit and to play make a little bit. I mean, yeah, they have Bradley Beal, but, who who else is going to do that? Like you got to have more than one playmaker in the NBA. I don't expect him to play a ton of minutes. You know, he he missed basically most of the last couple years with a hip injury, so they're not going to super want to run him, you know, 30 35 minutes a game, but 24 minutes might be good for him, you know. We see a lot of other guys, you know, be that spark plug off the bench and come in and, you know, just get assists and get points. And so he started tonight um on Monday night. I I feel like maybe that that isn't the best thing for his fantasy value just because 
And I think he fits a little bit better in that kind of six-man scorer role. But, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with owning Isaiah Thomas for points and assists. But it's going to be rocky. Like, it's going to be a rocky road because he's not playing that many minutes. But at the same time, I feel like looking at 60% and below, if you're going to tell me you need 15 points and six assists and you can have anybody on the waiver wire, like, I'm picking up either him or Dennis Schroeder. They're the only two guys who I would say can consistently get that stat line. And I think Schroeder, to me, I would lean Schroeder simply because I trust his health a little bit more. I trust his place on the team a little bit more. He's been doing it, uh, you know, since the beginning of the season. I know Isaiah Thomas. Schro- Schroeder's still young. Like, I think that's yeah. the part that people forget. Like, it's not like, I mean, he's played in the NBA for a while and he, you know, is a, a veteran in, in a lot of ways, but he's still a young guy. So, yeah, I mean, give me give me that over Isaiah Thomas with the, the bad hip. Agreed. Uh, yeah, let's go further down here. Do we have any idea when um, Kevin Herter is going to be off of his minutes limit? And do I and do I care is a better question. Well, should you care? Maybe is the better question, right? Because I mean, I we can't we can't expect if you do care or not, right? You should you should care. This is a twenty one year old guy that showed some flashes, right? So, I mean, would it surprise you if he was a top one hundred player this year? It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I don't think it would surprise me, but I feel like that is where he's headed. Like, I don't feel like there's anything extra going on here. Kevin, I think there's a lot of buzz around him. And even if there's a 43% owned, as that to me, that's a lot considering he's uh, on this minutes limit. So people are expecting him to do, I think, something. And I think he's going to do a whole lot of me- mediocrity once he's off the minutes. I mean, limit. you know, we look, we look, he played 27 minutes a game as a rookie. And it was, you know, 3.3 rebounds, 3 assists, 0.9 steals, and 9.7 points for the season. Now, he shot well from three-point range, and he made 1.83 pointers, which was good. The percentages were bad. You know, both his field goal and his free throw were not good. I think at his best, right, at this guy's peak, he's like an auto-portery type player where he does a little bit in every category, but it's like there's nothing that's super exciting. And so... He's 21 now. So if his best season is Otto Porter and he ranks, you know, in the kind of 40s, 50s, 60s range, like why get super excited about him now? Like I get that he has upside, but give me, give me Terrence Ross over him right now. Like Terrence Ross is going to get buckets and get a steal and shoot good free throw percentage and hit a lot of three pointers. Like give me that over Kevin Herter's production right now. 100% 100% agree. I think if you're holding on to Kevin Herter right now, he's kind of at the end of your bench, and he's starting to cost you some winning some uh, some categories per week. Like you got to start streaming that spot. Like you're not you're not holding on to a gym there. All right, Tyler. I know there's somebody down this list that you're desperate to talk about. And I got a I got a few people more. I got a few I got a few more down. Desperate to talk about now. I don't think there's anyone anyone I'm desperate to talk desperate. about. You're um, desperate to talk about one of these guys, and I I think I know who it is, but I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you tell me who you're desperate to talk about. That I'm des I I'm not desperate to talk about any of these guys. And there's a couple oh, interesting Jackson, names. and is someone you're desperate to talk about on your beloved Dallas Mavericks. I mean, I've been beating this drum ever since last year. The Cleaver is a good streamer for blocks. He's averaging 1.6 a game this year. 
he's playing a little bit more minutes than than what he's going to play, I think, because you know Dwight Powell's going to kind of settle in that rotation and you know pip him for some minutes there. But yeah, I mean Cleaver's a fine streamer for for blocks and and rebounds. I don't know that I'd hold him, but this guy can get you a three pointer game too. Eric Pashal for for the Warriors might be more interesting though. I mean, like another guy who can play forward, going to get some points. You'd like to see him block a shot, maybe, right? But I don't super think that we know what this guy is. But I think if Golden State's really going to go the development route this year, you know, and sit Draymond and sit Curry, like Pashal should be one of the guys they're trying to develop, right? I mean, like he was the second round pick this year. Young guy uh, had a couple of decent games so far with those guys out. So that's a guy I'm interested in, right? Like a guy I'm I'm picking up and streaming right now. I'm um, on the days the Warriors play because why not, man? Like there's no there's no real downside in that. And he's a guy who can shoot good percentages, right? So you like that too because there's some safety there that he's not gonna like absolutely kill you. Like you pick up someone like Kobe White, and he has a bad shooting night, he could absolutely kind of murder your your field goal percentage and actively hurt you because he doesn't get a ton of assists and a ton of rebounds. He doesn't get any steals or blocks really. So if he has a bad shooting night, right, you get the two for 15 and his five points that he scored, he kind of absolutely killed your team. And that was like, the stream was not worth it at all. I'm very aware of what a a cold shooting night looks like for uh, Kobe White and every pretty much every other Chicago bull as well. Uh, The worst team in the NBA by, I'd say by quite a bit. So do do not at me about that. Do not even don't even bother. Bulls are the worst team a, in the league. Here's maybe something that can help some people. You're streaming for points and three pointers, maybe points and threes. That's what you need for whatever reason. You know that's what you need in your matchup. You can pick anybody from Kobe White down. So Kobe White is exactly thirty two percent owned by the calculator I am looking at on Yahoo. Um, why would you not take Jordan Clarkson over Kobe White? Like, and I, I get it. Like, Kobe White gets streamed more because he's the hot name and he's a rookie and he was the seventh pick and he's so good. Isn't Jordan Clarkson just Jordan Clarkson right now? Isn't he just the better version of Kobe White? Playing better than Kobe White? Yeah, I actually have another name who's not not just playing better than Kobe White, but playing more minutes than both Kobe White and Clarkson. His name is Rodney Hood. I mean like I don't get why people get so like excited about streaming rookies to me I want to stream someone I know who's going to get me some good production like we've seen Jordan Clarkson be a good scorer barely pretty much every year of his career same thing with Rodney Hood like those are guys they're not super old like I'm not trying to throw shade on him or anything but like give me those two guys over someone like Kobe White like the only way I'm streaming Kobe White is if it's like one of those weird nights where you know the Bulls are one of three or four teams you know one of, I'm sorry, four or six teams playing. You know what I mean? Like, there's only two or three games on. I might stream Kobe White. Other than that, like, just take someone like Rodney Hood or Jordan Clarkson or, you know, numerous other guys that have the potential. Cause, like, those guys have the bubble up games too because they're scores. Those guys have the nights where they drop 25. They could come out of nowhere and put, give you a very, very good line. And, like, the worst case scenario is you know, solid off the bench minutes and solid off the bench produ- production. Like, there's not not a terribly the reason they're on these teams is because they don't put up duds like the reason they're still in the league is because when they come in and they play they do what they need to do and it might not be an incredibly fantastic set line but it's never like zeros across the board it's never like a a doug mcdermott stat line or a tony snell stat line it's never like that 
throwing the shade already. Already, I like it. I like it. I like it. A guy, the guy, honestly, I'm maybe most interested in in picking up and holding that's owned in less than thirty percent of leagues. I think we've talked about this guy pretty much every week so far. It's his Marco Fold. Read my mind. You know, I mean, he he got a start. I think we're slowly, you know, kind of making that shift. And I also think, you know, the Magic. He basically missed all of last year, right? And he was kind of hurt on and off in his time with the Sixers. And I think the Magic want to ease him in, right? And they want to take off some of those expectations of being the number one pick and all that stuff. So, you know, they kind of started him on the bench and started play. I think as the season goes on, he's only going to play more and more and more. And, man, I mean, like, what is a Markel's full stat line in, like, 32 minutes as a starting point guard on this Magic team? It could be really, really interesting. Could be some really good steals, you know, like five, five and a half assists, 12 to 15 points, some decent rebounds, some, you know, good field. He's a good field goal percentage guy because he, in a lot of ways, like Ben Simmons, right? Like he shoots a few more threes than Ben Simmons, but he's not like a, a fire from three point range. Like he's a get to the basket type guy. I don't know, man. I think, think he could be super interesting and kind of sneak up on people because he's just going to slowly start playing, you know, okay, it's up to 25 minutes. Okay, it's up to 27 minutes. Okay, it's up to 29 minutes, you know. He's just going to keep climbing as the season goes on. I think 24 is criminally low considering he's actually still he's like playing off the bench right now and doing pretty good things. And if you're in a deep league, like he should be on your roster. The real issue here is – when does it all kind of come together for him? And that's what we've been saying his entire career. But he's about to start, from my understanding. So, like, he he started against Denver, and he's got a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder on the 5th. I'm going to be definitely be tuning in to that game, not just to see Marco Fultz. They, they play a back-to-back, too. They have a back-to-back against the, the Mavericks the next night. So they put, they play on the 5th and they play on the 6th. That's that's a rough that's a rough go. But Oklahoma Oklahoma City just recently, I mean, Stephen Adams is hurt and he has not been playing. And they decided to unleash Nerlens Noel, one of the best per minute fantasy players in the league. Believe it or not, per minute, Nerlens Noel gets you some stats. And over the last three games, Nerlens Noel has put together some very, very impressive, like overall, like each one of those is like solid, but he had a 15 and 14 in night, uh, night. And then even in 24 minutes against New Orleans, he had six blocks and a steal. So are you getting Nerlens Noel on your roster? And if this Steven Adams thing is, becomes more serious, is he worth rostering in a standard league or is he just a streamer? Oh, I think he's definitely worth rostering in a standard league because you know, he could potentially give you elite steals and elite blocks with some decent rebounds and some okay points. Like, yeah, I mean, Maryland's Noel is just an enigma in many ways, right? Like, we, we've seen uh, the times that he's gotten the minutes where he just kind of goes crazy. And he he's the only guy I know who can play 10 minutes a game and averages steal and a block. If he's going to play 25 minutes or 28 minutes, like, sign me up for that. I literally stream him when Steven Adams plays sometimes, and I know he's only going to play like 12 minutes. And I'm like, I really need a steal and a block. And I'm like looking at the waiver wire going, who could get me a steal and a block tonight? Oh, Nolan's Noel could. Yeah, Matisse Tybalt and Nolan's Noel. We now have like two guys 
who are going who are great just to pull in at the end of your week. And this is kind of where I'm 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 wondering if you have a really good team. Like if you have a if you have a very very good team, but your blocks and steals do struggle every once in a while, is does it make sense to actually just keep Matisse Thybulle or Nerlens Noel on your roster? Like unless if Stephen Adams comes back Maybe I could see you dro- uh, dropping Noel, but is, does it make sense to keep them on your roster just to get those steals and blocks on a consistent basis if your team is really good at everything else and you don't need the points from those guys? Mm, yeah, yes and no. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. And it doesn't in this sense, right? Like, if they're actively hurting you in other categories, right? Like, so what is your lead in points? Like if you're killing everyone in points, okay, like you could maybe deal with having a Nerlens or a, a Matisse Thibault because neither one of those two are going to score much, right? But, you know, I would assume against some of the teams in your league, like the points category has got to be fairly close, right? And if you've got a guy averaging, you know, six, seven points a game, what's the worst guy on a 12-team league on the other team averaging? Like 13 points, 12 points, somewhere in there probably. So, like, you know, that's a – a five point a game gap is difficult to make up, and so it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It depends on really what your teams need, and and we talk about this all the time, right? Like, you know, you need certain benchmarks to win every category every week, right? And so if Nerlens Noel is helping you get those benchmarks, then he makes sense for your team. But you have to very specifically be built to like need steals and blocks, but be really good in assists, rebounds, points, threes. This is going to hurt you in the percentages, obviously. So, so you'd have to be a re- really, yeah, like specific kind of fit there. But yeah, I mean, I guess there's probably a team out there that that works. Yeah, I, I could even think like if maybe you punt uh, blocks or steals, but you're you happen to be you didn't punt going into the season. You just ignored them during your draft because you took our advice, and you're playing another guy who looks to be punting those. Gives you that edge. Gives you a couple extra categories. Gives you gives you a bump for the week, especially if you know that that those teams are playing three or four games that week. It still seems like a borderline streamer, but I I can't see like the exception where hey, I just need these steals and blocks. These guys are always going to give it to me. I'm going to keep one of them at the end of my bench and bring them in. Especially you know Philly's playing a lot of weird nights, so Matisse Seibel could be one of those guys. Uh, I want to got give, one. I got one. I want to ask you about. Pistons guards. Any Pistons guards striking your fancy? Reggie Jackson out four weeks with, I believe, a back injury, right? Derek Rose out. No firm timetable on that one, but it is Derek Rose. So sometimes, you know, things things tend to linger with Derek, right? And for whatever reason, it always seems, no matter what team Derek's on, the, the information isn't super straightforward it's kind of like oh well he's got some soreness and he's out and we don't really know when he's going to be back yeah i mean the pistons don't really have a point guard at this point if you're asking me so any of these other guys you know the luke canards the bruce browns the langston galloway you know luke canard has been playing pretty well he's been shooting very well i think you know i don't think he's owned in a ton of leagues but yeah, forty six percent it seems here, but I, I I think you could get him on your roster. They're going to be looking for somebody. Like, listen, they're they're going to be looking for somebody to do something, and they play the Knicks and the Pacers this week. 
So it's not like they're they got a, a murderer's row. I mean, they played Washington on Monday. This is like the easiest week of all time for any any team. If they play in the Bulls, it would have been even even more easy. So like you know, getting Luke Kennard in your lineup for uh, a while, like long term though. I don't know. Bruce Brown did have a good game against Washington, but it's Washington. Like I said, Galloway has been totally fine in his limited minutes in like deep leagues. And then like there's Christian Wood, who everybody's like, you know, drooling over to to uh, to finally get some minutes play. He could be like a permanent fantasy guy. Rest of season, man. I mean, I, I think Luke Kennard is your best bet for someone who could be in that top 100 for the rest of the season. Worth mentioning though, like I think some people think Luke Kennard is gonna like have this super high ceiling because he's young and he was a lottery pick and all that. Like he's basically just a points and threes guys. Like he sure he shoots a, a fantastic free throw percentage, like great, but two point six rebounds and three point seven assists and point three steals and zero blocks so far. And his career average is his career per 36 minute averages is 0.8 steals and 0.3 blocks. Yeah, he's not going to fly. Up. He's not going to fly up the radar, but like percentages do matter. This is not one assist. So he's not like terrible. Like he's not poor. He's pretty good. He's like kind of like a, an almost old school Kyle Korver, but Kyle Korver gets some pretty decent assists and steals. So he's like a, he's like a, uh, half-ass Kyle Korver from back in the day. And the thing you'd like to see, like, is him get, like, four, four and a half, five rebounds, and just with, like, Drummond there, you know, kind of eating a ton of ton of boards that's not happening. But, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like his ceiling, though, is, like, a top 100 player. And I, I get some people, like, asking me, like, oh, well, you know, he, he could easily be a top 100 player. Like, Kenny, like, he's basically, like, you know, I think his ceiling is, like, the 90th player just because there's not really any rebounds and the assists are okay but they're not great and there's no steals and there's no blocks and there's you know i mean like he's really only helping you in two or three categories and like i don't think he's going to shoot much better than the 44 percent from the field he's shooting right so it's like that's fine it's fine for a guard but it's not like good so i just feel like he's only helping you in kind of like three categories and that's going to really limit his ceiling. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'm interested to see what Bruce Brown can do if he's going to actually be the point guard for the next four weeks. Like, can he average six assists? And I, I'm going to be willing to take the shot that he can play make a little bit and, and do something. Like, he had a great game against Washington. Why not take a shot on him? Like, what, what do you have to lose? And, you know, if he has a couple crap games, you know, maybe you cut him back to the waiver wire. But, I just feel like, you know, you, you know, we, we talk about this a lot, right? Every starting point guard should probably be owned. Bruce Brown's owned in five percent of leagues and he looks like a starting point guard to me. And they and they really don't have a choice. They have nobody else to to go with. He got the start against Brooklyn, he got the start against Washington. He's averaging in those two games seven assists a game, two steals. Take that flyer on him because the worst case scenario is that you're taking a flyer on somebody else next week. That's it. I mean, like, why not? Because Detroit has nowhere to go. True, Blake will be back, and Blake can play a little bit of point Blake from back in the day. But he's he's you know Blake's going to take a while to ramp it back into shape as well. So yeah, they're uh, not going to run him out there thirty minutes a game like no. in his first game. Like if people are thinking that, I think that unless they're going to hold him out for like an extra two weeks while he gets his conditioning in order, which that doesn't seem conducive to winning basketball games, does it? No, not at all. So 
I expect it to be kind of a decent little run here for Bruce Brown, maybe. I'm interested. I'm interested. I agree. Let me let me ask you if you're uh, real quick. So I think we can kind of hit those those low percentage owned players. I want to make a, sure we talk about some of the players that are owned in a lot of leagues. And I want to see Tyler if you're worried about these players, or maybe worried yet is probably the better question. Are you worried about Marcus Solia? But he just had a good game or two. He had a uh-huh. he had a solid game. Ten for twelve. Uh, Ten and twelve with. Three assists and a block and two three pointers in 34 minutes, shooting 33. percent That was his yeah, last game. It's the not 34 good. minute, the 34 minutes though was a good sign because he really just wasn't playing that much. And I mean, the Raptors have talked a lot about him, you know, being fatigued from his long stint, you know, playing for Spain this summer and winning yeah. the, the FIBA World Cup. I, I'm not super worried about him like i'm not cutting him i just feel like he can do too he can do too many good things right like he can get you you know four or five assists if he's playing 30 minutes he can get you you know 10 rebounds he can get you a block he can get you a steal although he hasn't gotten any steals i don't know what happened to the marcus all steals that's what i'm i'm interested to know but Let's i don't drop off he- once you get old man steals just drop off once you get old i'm i'm getting a little worried about him yeah but i mean like what's worried i guess because like i I was kind of thinking he was a an '80s to 100 player to begin the season. So like, that's fair. It's not that hard for for Marcus All to get there, you know. I'm talking about he's now a streamer. Oh, I don't think I don't I don't think I'd go that far. I think I think he's ramping up to be good. I'm not going to go that far either. I'm going to – this is a small sample size theater. we got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's Marcus Soul. He can put up very good numbers when he wants to. I'm just getting worried, Ty. I'm just getting worried. I have another guy here. He's owning 85% of leagues. And um, let's see. Last time I checked, I don't feel like he was that good last year. And he's only he's only played limited minutes um, so far. The Coos, Kyle Kuzma. So the Coos just came back from his ankle injury. He played his first game against Dallas on Friday. So we obviously have not seen seen the best of the Coos yet, for sure. Um, oh no, I, I completely agree. Like we, he's just coming back. He's just getting ramped up. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it though. Like, like this is another guy. Like he scored 18 points a game last year, which is not going to happen again. The rest of his stat line, 1.83 pointers, good, but not elite by any means. Five and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, 0.6 steals, 0.4 blocks, 50 or 45% from the field, 75% on his free throws. I'm assuming he's going to kind of be that sixth man scorer guy. But at the same time, the Lakers are staggering LeBron and AD, so one of them is on the floor at all times, so Kuz is going to be the at least the second scoring option at any moment that he's out there. The thing is, though, like look at the rest of their roster. Like, who's he really beating out to to take? You know, twenty five to thirty two minutes. Like, guys getting minutes right now include Troy Daniels and Avery Bradley and Contavious Caldwell Pope. And Listen, yeah, the minutes are there for sure. The minutes are there for sure. He's got to play and he is good. He's 24 years old, but you just kind of mentioned he's going to be a secondary role at best. His usage will be down 
from last season. And last season, he was the hundred and I think tenth, hundred and fifteenth ranked player. Last season, he's not a he's not a top one hundred player. He's not going to get better. He maybe his field goal percentage will go up because he's taking uh, less shots, but better uh, higher percentage of shots because you know he's not being guarded by the other team's best players or anything like that. But overall, he just doesn't really do a whole lot in the counting stats. And he's just kind of a, a, a scorer. And I feel like we just talked about guys who could score who are on the waiver wire already. So honestly, like I, this might be a little preview for our buy low, sell high column later this week. But to me, I, I think Kyle Kuzma is going to be dropped in a lot of leagues halfway through this season. Uh, I mean, that's fine. Like, yeah, I'm not saying he's good by any means, and I don't. I don't really think there's anything special you're getting from him. So yeah, I'm fine with him being dropped and and being more of a streamer. That's 100 percent factually all accurate. There's a lot of guys below him in ownership that I would definitely rather own over him for sure. Like, let's say, what am I getting from Kyle Kuzma that I'm not getting from Ryu Hachimura? Maybe I mean you might get some more. You might get a a couple like a, a point extra point or two a game that'd, that'd be it i feel like yeah. kachimura who's also not a good defensive stats guy can probably put up better defensive stats than kuzma so um, close. i'm with you there you know what i mean like yeah and that's the thing that most people don't understand that really hurts kuzma's value the most is he gets you one steal and block combined you know what i mean like if you add his steal and block numbers it equals one and that and actually might be that might be where he edges out Hachimura, but Hachimura shoots better percentages. So it's like, ooh, pick your poison. And so, like, I mean, I'm just, yeah, Kuzma's fine to be dropped as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, I get, but you got to get somebody with some, if you need his scoring, like, I could see people keeping him on because, you know, they need someone who's going to score 15 or 16 points a game. And, you know, at some point, like, those guys dry up, and especially in leagues where, you know, there's pretty active waiver wire and all that stuff. Like, there's not too many guys sitting around that, they can get those 15 or 16 points a game consistently. I mean, he's got good name recognition, so do do what you can with that. Uh, Tyler, is there any, is there any really anyone else on the waiver wires that we uh, you think that we need to talk about? I, I feel like people are doing a fairly good job of playing the waiver wires. Uh, you hit those waiver wires hard, taking flyers on people. Uh, don't, one. you know, just because it's one. late uh, third week, don't stop taking taking flyers. Yeah, you got one we more. Got- one guy I think that shouldn't be owned in as many leagues as he is, and he's down to 61%, but I'm thinking he should drop even below that. It's old Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings. Ooh. I, just, I just feel like you know he's only playing 23 minutes a game. He, he's not hurt. I don't know if it's a, you know what, what the reasoning behind it is. And, you know, he played for Serbia in the World Cup, so maybe he's kind of doing the Mark Gasol and ramping up a little bit, but he's a guy – that doesn't produce a ton, a ton of fantasy goodness either, right? Like, I mean, last year in 27 minutes a game, he got you 14 points. He did get you a steal, which is nice, right? But no blocks, right? Point two, three and a half rebounds, 3.8 assists, 1.9 three-pointers, a bad field goal percentage, a good, a fine free throw percentage. But it's like, what, what are we waiting for? Like, if he's only going to play, you know, 24 minutes for the next month, he's kind of in the same situation as Kuzma. Like, dump him. Get somebody else. You know, pick up Dennis Schroeder. Pick up Isaiah Thomas. Get the good stats now. If he starts playing better, maybe you pick him back up. But if somebody else gets him, like, are you really that hurt? You're losing a guy who's, like, barely a top 120 player. 
Yeah, I mean, like, what is what is the Sacramento Bogdanovich doing that Brian Forbes isn't doing pretty much almost like 90% of that? Point is like Forbes just... is, Brian Forbes is owned in like zero leagues. So, you know, you're, you got a guy who's doing a little bit better than a guy who's owned in no leagues. So you can afford to uh, to drop that guy. You can afford, definitely can afford to trade him. But, you know, you can do you can afford to stream him. So, I, and you guys should do this. Like every week, like, Look at your roster. Look at how some of these guys are playing. Go, are you helping me, man? And, and if it's a situation where, you know, he's not helping you because he had a bad week or a bad shooting week or whatever, like, okay, keep him. But if it's a situation where, like, you're not playing that many minutes, you're not really giving me any good fantasy production, you know, cut that guy maybe and look for somebody else. Don't don't be afraid to get rid of some of these guys at the end of your waiver wire, at the end of your bench, to and put it back on the waiver wire. Because there's always some – listen, some of these guys on the waiver wire aren't that good, and some of them are pretty good. But no matter what their, like, overall rest of year is, some of them are going to get hot. And some are going to get hot for, like, a week, and some of them are going to get hot for, like, a month. And as long as you're playing that waiver wire and you're, you're taking flyers on on people, you might get lucky, hit a guy when he, he gets hot, and suddenly he's on your roster for 25 games, like Aaron Baines. And – you got yourself, you know, six weeks of winning. And that's exactly what you need. Don't wait around for Bogdanovich to be who he was last year when last year he was just okay. The takeaway from this entire episode is you have a man crush on Bangers. Oh, Bangers is going to be on a handful of my teams here come the end of the night. And I think that's it for our waiver wires. Hitting that waiver wire in week three, uh, we'll be back very, very soon. With uh, our buy low, sell high, I think there's still a lot of good deals out there, Tyler. Uh, and we might do a little bit of uh, some fake some fake trading um, in that episode as well. Uh, you can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, everybody, please rate and review us. If you really want to support the show, go to Patreon.com. Slash watching the boxes, you will get exclusive quick hits throughout the season of uh, of injuries, trades, etc., and our, our quick reactions to those, so you can make moves before everybody else. And you get direct access to Tyler and I as well for uh, questions on your fantasy team, and you can help influence the show because we will be doing the topics and the I guess the the uh, segments that you want to do the most because you have a direct connection with us on patreon.com slash watching the boxes that's it for tonight have a good one everybody